0: Welcome to On The Way, a podcast to help you make a meaningful connection with Jesus every day in the midst of your day-to-day. On today's episode, Jaime Castanyar Weiss, campus teaching pastor for our Pittsburgh campus, shares some insights on the practice of Sabbath, a spiritual practice that people have found helpful connecting with Jesus on the way. Hope you enjoy. Six days a week. We wrestle with the world, wringing profit from the earth. On the Sabbath, we especially care for the seed of eternity planted in the soul. The world has our hands, but our soul belongs to someone else. Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel. When I first started going to church, I had no concept of what it meant to be on the way with Jesus. In fact, I didn't know that Jesus was someone to be on the way with. I figured out that going to church, reading the Bible, and praying seemed important, but the what-for was unclear to me. In the years since, I've read a lot, listened a lot, tried a lot, and learned a lot. At some point on the journey, I realized that while figuring out what to do and how to do it was important, it was not most important. Most important was being aware that Jesus was with me, on the way as I journeyed through life. That shift has helped me be able to pick up and put down practices for a season or change how I engage in them without feeling like I'm going to lose the path. I know Jesus is with me, and he is leading me on the way. About 10 years ago, I picked up a practice that has proven to be essential to my life, health, and journey with Jesus— I was in my first semester of grad school as a full time student, and I had picked up a job that involved a significant amount of fundraising. Lydia and I were still relatively new to the mainland U.S. and were actively involved in our local church. It was one of the busiest times of my life, and it was then that I sensed Jesus inviting me to practice Sabbath. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal. Don't give false testimony against someone. Don't covet your neighbor's life. We generally agree that these are good words and that following them is good for us. If we consider ourselves followers of Jesus, it is safe to assume that some of us think that the other ones make sense or at least still apply. Have no other gods. Don't make idols to worship. Don't misuse the Lord's name. Honor your father and your mother. Maybe some childrens and parents might disagree on that one. These are the Ten Commandments, most of them at least. There's one missing, the Sabbath. Some of us may dismiss it as irrelevant. Some of us may associate it with a list of do's and don'ts and think of it as an archaic and burdensome practice that has been abolished. If we've given it a bit of thought, perhaps some of us think that it is the day we go to church, and it's mostly about whatever happens in church. In many ways, it seems like the Sabbath is the commandment that doesn't count. But what if there's more? What if it still counts? Jesus calls himself the Lord of the Sabbath and declares that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. What if this wasn't him declaring it as irrelevant or saying that we get to use it as needed? What if Jesus was asserting his authority and reframing it as a gift for you and I? What if you and I are missing out on something incredibly good about God's life rhythm? Back in Exodus chapter 20, we read that the Sabbath is commanded to be kept, be kept as holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This Sabbath command in Exodus points to the rhythm of creation. It points to the way that it was meant to be. Heschel writes, It is indeed a unique occasion at which the distinguished word kadosh, holy, is used for the first time. In the book of Genesis, at the end of the story of creation, how significant is the fact that it is applied to time, and God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. There is no reference in the record of creation to any object in space that would be endowed with that quality of holiness. Sabbath is not a rhythm found in nature, nor really in any of the other cultures of the time. It is a rhythm that finds its origin in God. It points to a God who finishes his work and reminds us that we are neither God nor higher than God. If God rested and identified the day as one for ceasing of work, then we cease from work. I cease from work during the Sabbath. The reality is that there is always more to do. Without the Sabbath, we would never stop unless we were left without a choice. This means that we would go until we couldn't. We'd run on fumes, hit empty, and then we'd stop. What if instead of our lives being marked by cycles of depletion and refueling, they were marked by abundance and overflow? What if we never had to hit empty? In Deuteronomy, the Sabbath is being called to be observed and kept holy It says that six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. It says, like in Exodus, that we will do no work, neither us nor our sons nor daughters. But then it says something interesting. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. The Sabbath command in Deuteronomy points to the act of liberation, salvation, freedom. It is meant to teach us what it looks like to be free. It also challenges our desire to be valued by what we do. Because we can control what we do, therefore we think we can earn our worth or value. This belief is a trap. It is slavery, and God invites us into freedom. Not just from an endless cycle of work and toil, but from the lie that we are what we do. Finding our worth in our productivity breeds comparison, which can lead to dissatisfaction. Being invited by God to practice the Sabbath in a season where I was busiest tested this for me. Part of what it meant is that when there was more to study, when there was more to read, when there was more to write, when there were more calls to make, more Bible studies to write, more students to pray for, I stopped and remembered that my value was not in what I did, but in the fact that I was made by God. And it's been joyful to delight in that freedom, in the freedom that it brings that to know that even if there comes a day when I can produce nothing else with my hands or with my mind or with my words, I am still valued and still loved by God. Entering into the Sabbath is an act of spiritual resistance because it goes against what is accepted wholeheartedly by our society and even in some ways by our churches. Overworking is fraught with liabilities yet celebrated when it produces desired results. We value hard work, but we've equated working hard with working always and it is time to call that out for the lie that it is and proclaim the good news that we can work hard and we can also receive rest without sacrificing one for the other. For me, the Sabbath looks like different things, different weekends. Saturday is usually when I take my Sabbath, but on every Sabbath, I try to keep a few components in mind. Maybe these will be helpful for you. I've taken them from the work of Pete Scazzaro and Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and you can find them online. During the Sabbath, I stop, I rest, I delight, and I contemplate or reflect. To stop means that I cease all work, and that includes unpaid work. Stopping helps me remember that I have limits, and it gives me space to recognize my limits. It also reminds me that the rising and the setting of the sun does not depend on me. I do not hold all the world in my hands. Now, a reminder. Sometimes we think of work as only the things that we can get paid for. And that breeds a false dichotomy. It's actually unhelpful because it excludes good things that are actually work. For example... Thinking of work as only that which we can be paid for devalues the efforts of children, the retirees, and those unable to be employed or those who've chosen to be unemployed. It also presents a challenge in setting the boundaries needed in order to enter into Sabbath rest. What does Sabbath look like for a retiree? Or what does Sabbath look like for a child? If it's only work that we're paid for, we rob people of the opportunity to enjoy it. In Sabbath, I stop all work that feels like I do, that I do it in order to produce something. If I do it in order to produce something, I stop. During the Sabbath, I rest. And that doesn't only mean sleep, although it certainly includes it. It means that I say yes to that which replenishes and restores me. Uh, Actually, sleeping has been a component that I've enjoyed including in the Sabbath, particularly in the area of naps. I didn't grow up being a napper. And one of the things I've enjoyed about practicing the Sabbath is that I've discovered how good it is to take a nap in the middle of the day sometimes. It's actually made me regret all the naps I passed up growing up. To rest, I choose the things that restore me as well. Sometimes it means I linger in conversation with Lydia or with friends. Sometimes it means that I simply sit and take longer to enjoy my coffee. Uh, Related to rest sometimes is delight. To delight means to enjoy yourself. And in the Sabbath, I try to enjoy myself. That's meant I've had to actually define what brings me delight and joy, not what I was told I should delight or enjoy, but um, what actually produces delight and joy in me. I participate in celebrating the world that God created and the gifts he gives us. Some of the things that bring me delight during the Sabbath are cooking. During the Sabbath is one of the times where I love to turn on the grill and usually throw on some steaks and then just sit down and enjoy good food that I made with my hands. I love that. Actually, during the Sabbath, one of the things that I find delight in is cleaning. Uh, oftentimes I clean because there is something urgent coming for which the house needs to be clean. For example, small groups on Tuesdays. But sometimes during the Sabbath, I like to clean because nothing is coming, and I can simply clean to enjoy uh, what it feels like to see the bathroom clean or see things put in order, using my hands to do something that is enjoyable and fun that doesn't really speak to my value, but is simply something I like to do. During the Sabbath, I contemplate and reflect. It's important, and it's one of the things that distinguishes the Sabbath from simply a day off. It gives me an opportunity to draw close to God and frame the day in light of who God is and how he made me. Sabbath is a manifestation of God's love. During a Sabbath, I can focus on the ways God's love is shown to me, the ways it's been shown to me in the week that's past, and the ways I long for it to be shown to me in the week that is coming. Sometimes I do it in traditional ways, like worship and prayer. Sometimes I journal. Sometimes I also do it in less traditional ways. Sometimes I find that I can contemplate the face of God when I spend time with a friend, when I participate in art or craftsmanship sometimes even when I'm enjoying a delicious meal. One of the things I've appreciated about the Sabbath is that I find God sometimes in unexpected places. It catches me by surprise. Slowing down on the Sabbath gives me the space to receive that. We have freedom on when to practice the Sabbath. There are still those who keep it on Saturday. Some do it from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. Some people observe it on Sunday as part of the observance of the Lord's resurrection. One of the things I've enjoyed or that's been freeing about practicing the Sabbath is knowing that nobody does it perfectly and that perfection is not the goal. Most people don't fret about how perfectly they receive a gift. They focus more on the gift, the gift giver, and the gratitude. I found that's been helpful for me as I've sometimes stumbled through Sabbath and felt like I didn't do it well. I'd rather wait in anticipation for the next one, knowing that God isn't taking it away and he isn't upset at me, and I turn in gratitude towards him. Sabbath is going to look different for me at different life stages, and I look forward to discovering what will change and what will stay the same. The Sabbath has been for my good. It's helped me. It's kept me healthy. It's kept me whole. In some seasons, it's kept me sane. It was a gift then, and it's been a gift now. And I think it can be a gift for all of us. Sabbath has helped me on the way with Jesus. Perhaps it can help you too.